Lessons. Where I, Miss Medical Assistant, from Jordan, Minnesota, talk about the old horror ways and compare it to the modern ways. Did you know that a very famous, or let's say well-known person, died of bloodletting? Now, let's say, for those who don't know exactly what bloodletting is, you came to the right podcast. Bloodletting is the surgical removal of patients' blood for therapeutic purposes. Are you ready to hear about the old horrific ways? I read on theconversation.com that, back in the old days, bloodletting came with the flawed scientific theory that humans possessed or had four humors, which if you didn't know, are basically like fluids in our body. Those fluids are blood, phlegm, black bile, and yellow bile. It was said that if there are more than one kind of fluid in your body compared to the other ones, then you are destined to get a disease. So basically, if you had a certain amount of fluid in your body and it was not balanced, then you were destined to get a disease and basically die. Now, let's backtrack a little bit. I may understand if you exactly don't know what the four fluids are. Blood, I think, is basically the easiest to remember, which is a body fluid in the circulatory system of humans that deliver necessary substance as, such as nutrients and oxygen to the cells. That's the one where, like, as a little kid, I'm sure you probably hurt yourself at some point. I mean, who didn't? And there was either, like, a cut or a scratch, and, like, a red fluid comes out? Well, that's called blood. We all have it in our bodies. Black bile was believed to be segregated. I'm pretty sure I'm saying that right. Segregated by your kidneys and spleen. They believe that it made you, like, incredibly sad and, like, depressed and just was, like, not good for you. Yellow bile is believed to be secreted by the liver and it causes a person to get furious easily, like, very hot-tempered. Also, yet again, not good for you. Lastly, phlegm is a mucus, but it isn't like a normal kind of mucus. It's like a lot thicker and than like the normal kind, and it is caused by a disease or an infection. Now, that is not good because every time that you breathe in, you're breathing in viruses, dust, or other debris that get onto the mucus, which eventually goes down to your lungs, and it's... And the lungs are part of the respiratory system. And it just continues to being like a never-ending cycle where you are just producing more mucus and more mucus. And it's just, it keeps going on and on. Was this operation ever healthy? From first hearing the old wicked ways of bloodletting, I was at first convinced that after that, bloodletting was for sure and most definitely not a good thing at all. But when I was at artofmanillness.com, I read that they believed that there were actual benefits. That it would heal diseases such as acne to asthma. And they like went to like an even bigger scale to then conquer uh, smallpox. Now, when there was a wound and you would lose a lot of blood, they would treat it by removing even more blood. Now, when I read this, I was like, what? That doesn't really make sense. But at the time, I guess they didn't really know much. So it kind of makes sense. 
And it was done because they believed that by reducing this blood, it reduced the inflammation, which also a fun fact is because it was also done prior to surgery. Did they ever use any tools? Well, before they would use lancets, flames, or blades were once used to open superficial veins and sometimes arteries. You probably yet again don't know what the tools actually are, so good thing you're listening to this podcast right now. A lancet is a small, broad, two-edged surgical knife or like a blade with like a sharp point. A flame is an old surgical object that was used specifically for bloodletting. The best way to explain it without a visual is it being a folding handheld object, almost like a pocket knife. It has multiple blades on different sides that are sharp enough to cut a vein. They used these tools to release blood from the patient's body because they believed that by doing this gruesome operation, they would be balancing the vital fluids, which, just in case you forgot, are blood, phlegm, black bile, and yellow bile. Do you know who Henry Clutterbach is? In the West, this bloodthirsty way of bloodletting continued all the way up into the 19th century. Which, honestly, it's pretty weird to think because as they were doing this, it didn't really show signs of people getting better. It just made it worse. In 1838, a man named Henry Clutterbuck, you're probably wondering who that is. He was a lecturer at the Royal College of Physicians. He said, quote, bloodletting is a remedy which is judicially employed. It is hardly possible to estimate too highly, quote. He was basically saying that this outdated procedure was inefficient and was possibly just making your body more sick than what it was to begin with. Now, let's talk about how it's used today. Bloodletting is now known as a venipuncture or blood drawn. It is done for diagnostic purposes like checking blood for infections, hormones, blood cholesterol levels, blood sugar levels, and many more that I just won't name right now. There's, there's a lot of different ways that it's used. As used before, we still use this today. To this day, our lancets for bloodletting. I found it quite interesting to read about how the same tool is being used, but there are two completely different reasons as to why they are being used now. I read all about this in an article in medicinenet.com. Did you know that in some cases, you can do bloodletting at your own house? There's an at-home collection kit online that you can order and do right at the comfort of your home. It comes from their lab or provider's website. The kit is mailed to the patient. Once the patient gets their own blood sample, they seal it and send it back to the lab, which is done for testing. Honestly, I don't think I would be able to do it at home. I need like an environment where I feel like it's professional and someone else is doing it for me. Otherwise, I would just never do it myself. I'd be too scared of something happening. As I mentioned earlier, a very famous person actually died from this. In December 1999, the early morning hours of the 13, George Washington was following a day on horseback in freezing rain and snow. He woke up with pain and shortness of breath. By 10 at that night, he already had died. 
Now let's go back and let's talk about like what happened in between. He woke up at 2 in the morning. He simply couldn't breathe. His throat was so inflamed he couldn't get air in. So Colonel Tobias Lear sent out for some doctors and a blood letter because at the time they believed that this would cure. The doctors took out about 80 ounces of blood over 24 hours. They gave him drugs to make him vomit and the doctors had been arguing for about like two minutes after he had died because they tried to blame the other people. Aren't you glad you weren't one of the patients back in the old days? How their interesting theory of four humors in your body weren't balanced. You were told that you were going to get a disease and die. And not the only way to cure it was draining your blood. Even after I have read and talked about it, I still can't process in my head how they would actually have made that their solution to everything. They thought it would really save their lives. It is much different compared to how we use it today. Currently, we use it to check for infections or donations, which honestly I think is a great thing. Your blood could save someone's life. It's amazing to see and read about how far we have come as a society. Thank you for listening. Please share this podcast with friends and family. Tell them to subscribe to Creative Communications Podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify.